Alright guys, welcome once again to the MMOs.com podcast. Episode 181 here. Altai, joined by... Remote. Alright. Another week, another, another podcast. Week. Uh, we have some. We have a lot of industry news this week. A lot of big, uh, big stories. But uh, anything uh, particularly caught your eye? Uh, there's quite a few things I want to talk about, but uh, I feel like we should always just go with a quick what we did this week, just for just for the hell of it, real quick. Uh, I personally been playing a little bit of a uh, little bit more of Super Smash Ultimate. Uh, I have like over 60, 70 hours on it already. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, playing a lot of Lucina. I'm hyped for the patch coming out today. I'm uh, been playing a little bit of FTL last night. I actually played for a couple hours. I had a lot of fun with that. It's, uh, it's not exactly a new game, but uh, one of those roguelike games. So that's really been on my docket with a bit of Final Fantasy XIV tossed in as usual. And that's that's been my week, Alta. Anything exciting going on your end? Anything exciting? Uh, Gaming-wise, I've been playing a lot of uh, Ring of Elysium. Ooh, I've had which, my fill of that earlier. But yeah, I'm glad you bring it to it now. Yeah, we gave it the um, Battle Royale of the Year. Mm-hmm. By ten, it was, it's by Tencent. And it's surprising that they innovated it in a way a lot of copycats haven't. But it, it's a great alternative to PUBG if you're looking for a free alternative it, to it is. You, know. you get birthed out of PUBG, go play some Ring of Elysium, mix it up. And actually, that can transition really well to a fun little story with Ring of Elysium. I thought this was a really fun read. I'll tell you. Take a you look. A story? All right, let's hear it. I, I, I you know, so oh, I model says a 10 cent game user image without permission. Okay, this is going to be the MMOs.com jury. Okay. Oh, what, all we, right. All right. We're going to see if. Court is in session. The court is in the session. Is Tencent guilty of using the character? Okay, uh, I will. Rep- I will represent the side that they did. I'll tell you. You're going to say Tencent is innocent, all right? I uh, I will you're say they're court appointed defense attorney. Let me yeah. let me show you I'm first. Let me show you guys the clip uh, or the picture. So this is this is a tweet of the actual model. Okay, she yes. she brought this complaint up on Twitter. So we're going to see a picture of her. This is this is the model. She's wearing uh, the Japanese. Uh, I don't want anyone to get sick. Mask, and you know whatever. Is that what it called? I don't uh, want anyone sick. Mask. I'm pretty sure the, the the surgeons wear those too, right? Surgeons wear them too, but in in Asia apparently, Japan specifically, people wear these. So if they have a cold or they feel like they have a cold, and they don't want to get people around them sick, they wear this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, this is this is her picture, and this is the picture Tencent used to advertise Ring of Elysium. It's in go. the game. It's a character in the game. It's not just a, the art they use to advertise Ring of Elysium. It's literally a playable character and one of the most popular waifu characters in the game you can unlock, named Lin. And she looks just like that in game. Okay, so what do you guys think? So look, look, she's wearing the she's wearing the thing, uh, the mask, and look at the hair. I'm going to go back and forth a little here, okay? Listen. So, boom. Listen. Boom. It's a coincidence, all right? When you draw these Asian girls, all right, once in a while, the stars align and they get, end up looking like that. All right, what do you say to that? All right, it could easily be a coincidence. Wait, so I forgot who? who am I defending Tencent? No, no, I'm supposed to. Uh, yeah, you were supposed. Pretty, to... It looked look, look pretty similar to me. All right, it looked pretty similar to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how I'm, I'm more assigned listen, these roles, the problem, and then you, you back listen, down. Listen, the problem is that they they did match the hairstyle like almost exactly, and the eyebrows as well. If you look at the small details in the hair and the eyebrows, it really matches like pixel perfect the in-game character. Which at this point obviously cannot be a coincidence, right? They didn't have to use the exact same hairstyle with the exact same like eyebrow positioning too. It feels like actually that character you're seeing in the photograph, that's like concept art, but she's also in the game as well, right? But in that concept art, maybe the in-game character model is a little different because you can't just import an image into a 3D character art, right? So that model they made in game is probably a little different, but the actual picture shown where you can see her name Lynn, that's clearly just a photoshopped version 
of the character. So it's amazing that you know this got through. I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think um, we, I do hold Tencent to a bit of a higher regard in terms of copyright infringement and other like nonsense stuff for Chinese game companies because Tencent doesn't really do this stuff intentionally. What it seems like to me is just some uh, some somebody who works at the company just did this on their own because there's a lot of knockoff games in China, a lot of them, and there's a lot of copyright infringement in China, like games like 300 Heroes where you can literally play copyrighted anime characters in Goku and stuff, like in, in, in a MOBA. Like Wally and stuff like that doesn't happen in Tencent games for the most part. So it's it is it is definitely an anomaly to see this. Okay, I'm gonna say Tencent did nothing wrong. Hashtag Tencent did nothing wrong. First of all, they had the good graces to change the hair color. Obviously, the good right? graces. So because it's a completely different character. Of course, they changed yeah, the hair color. So, they so no, blonde, they've never even seen this picture before. Blonde to red here, and the and the and the little the necklace she's wearing went from being this like little gold chain thing. To mm-hmm. being like a black stud uh, necklace, right? Ooh, true. So, and and you know what? End of the day, she's a Chinese American, and by the laws of Emperor Xi Ping, uh, Tencent has the IP to all Chinese people, so they can... is, is is that how it works? I'm pretty sure that's enshrined in the Chinese Constitution, isn't it? Where like that's right. Tencent owns access to all the visual lookalikes of all Chinese citizens. It's, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, in between, you know. Amendment 15 and 16 right there, right right, right <laughs> near the top, top of the list. Yeah. So, you know what? It's not a big deal. I don't care. But what's interesting, actually, is that, I, I mean, reg- yes, it's still something you probably shouldn't do. But it actually, it gave this model. Like, she wasn't a very big model on Instagram. She's got 200K followers right now. I'm curious how many she had before this story blew up. And she's actually a really good-looking girl. I, mean, I, I, I was a fan of her Instagram afterwards. You know? I, ne- I never, I never would have found this Instagram otherwise. Can you link me to Instagram? I don't think I have it. I it's, in, it's in that page you're looking at. Oh, the Kotaku one? All right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think she actually benefited quite a bit from this because she's getting a lot more followers, a lot more attention. And it's going to be a net positive. It doesn't obviously excuse what Tencent did. I mean, typically here in the West, at least, we have uh, you know copyrights and you can't just use other other people in your game just like freely like that. She's all so right. I think it ended up being positive. She's all right. Too much makeup. Wow. So, Altai, so what you're trying to tell me is if she reached into your pants, would oh, you slap her hand away or no? Uh, No. Maybe, okay, well, maybe, I there lost, you go. maybe she lost a key in there. There you go. Altai's Altai seal approval. Altai will not slap her hand away. There are there are very few times I would do that. But anyway, yeah. let's, let's move that's on. That's standard. Here. That's a standard, by the way. We judge these, these things by. Back to MMOs. All right. So Before what, we get started on some other industries, I, there's one more thing I want to hit on because okay. I thought it was really funny. Uh, the shitty Kickstarter of the week. Something we don't really mention every week, obviously. But I found a particularly interesting Kickstarter game. Which I thought was well worth checking out. You know, we've seen some really bad Kickstarter projects, and we made fun of quite a few. But I think Rise of Hydro Knight is just a masterpiece. Okay, absolute masterpiece. I thought so, this peaked like the absurdity, but oh, let's see. Uh, do you want to watch a video? First of all, first yes. Well, first of all, look at that text. Okay, Rise <laughs> of the Hydro. This this is straight from nineteen from uh, Microsoft Word ninety seven edition, right? Nineteen ninety seven edition. This came. With the with the launch party of Windows ninety eight, this is the good shit. All right, this is the premium fonts from Word Art in Microsoft Word ninety seven. But anyway, let's check out Rise of the Hydra Knight. This game has a lot going for, it, and you'll see in this trailer. This is just a lot to see in this trailer. Oh, all right, man. we're seeing like the Photoshop. Oh, here we go, full screen. We're seeing we're seeing some quality content. Look at this. You can log in. There's a lot of progress being made on Rise of the Hydra Knight. You log in. And you see a server selection screen, and that's it. This is that's the whole video. You can just stop right there. All that is, he goes to register. It opens up some website. He just registers an account, and it, that's it. There's, there's nothing what? else here. This is this man. Quick, 
everyone, everyone in the stream, give this man two thousand five hundred dollars. This man needs to create Rise of the Hydrant. I thought there was a joke at first, actually, but uh, I clicked into the, into the profile of the author, and it says uh, he's twenty eight years old. Twenty eight years old. I didn't believe. I thought this was like you know what? I thought it was a, it was a kid. It was like a twelve year old. Maybe he did this for like a high school programming class. And you know, it's cute. It's cute if a kid did this, right? But let's let's just just. Read the go to the about section, right? I'm, I'm going to narrate this. I feel very right, strongly about go, Rise of the Hydra. I think it's a masterpiece. Let's hear this. The game starts off in the Middle Ages, where dragons, demons, angels all collide until a hero appears and takes the battle to them. Heroes, the healers, rogues, mages, knights, titans, sorcerers, and others that you choose from to become face the foes. As you level, you can decide if you want to stay mid-era or start moving into future, becoming assassins, snipers, priests, warriors, where your imagination can take you is where you can start working towards. As you level, you get more control over how you want things from armor, guild, homes, buildings, weapons, special creations. With all new leveling, PvP, PvE, crafting, housing, inventory, monster systems, it's all new ideas and will remain that way. If you have an ideal that is awesome, we will make the game better. We will input them into the game. We listen to our players and we'll do everything we can to make a great and different game than ever. And I like that risks and challenges section. All games have its challenges. Something happens, like your computer crashes. Something didn't save right. You got distracted. Of course, you know. Reasonable explanation for not finishing your Kickstarter page. <laughs> you, got dist- you got distracted. You know, you work on your game. You look to your left. You get distracted. You know, it's done. It's all over after that. So I-, I really thought this was a joke. That's a, that's a that's excuse. Uh, the clause that Star Citizen will use. We got distracted. What can I say? Happens. So click into their Facebook, by the way. I'll tell you this. They're all called Games Facebook. Facebook. So, right, first of all, another masterpiece of ward art design. All right, we got a shield with angel wings on it with some quality text. All right. But what's actually pretty interesting is look at the newest update on Alka first gameplay footage and hit play. And doesn't this video remind you of uh, Ash of Creation? So, what do I go here? Videos? All right. Well, you, if you scroll down, you'll see it in the video section. Does this look a lot like Ash of Creation? It, you know what? You know what's funny? Just if they just showed this in that Kickstarter video, it'd be better. Yeah, I know. It'd be better but than the, him failing but, but, to log but, but, in. But, the, but the, the bars in the top left, the characters moving around in this Unreal world, this looks like they just use the same assets that Asher of Creation did, didn't it? Like, this looks so much like Asher of Creation. Yeah, well, it's, it's just like the default Unreal Engine uh, demo. But, but but what's crazy, this is what Ash just kind of presented to us too, but with a little bit more like flair on it, right? But like, this was really not too much different. <laughs> Yeah, this is exactly what Ashes of Creation did. So, like, I don't know. It's really weird that, like, this is... But Ashes of Creation made their Kickstarter better, obviously. They put, like, more pizzazz in there. And not, like, just these really broken, like, English, like, list of features in their games. But, yeah, it's basic basic default Unreal Engine. We have a character moving around throwing icicles. So, it's just (laughs) remarkable that... Because Ashes raised a couple million dollars while these guys didn't. I cannot believe they didn't just show this in their Kickstarter. Listen, looks- I, I, I was impressed by that login screen. Did you see the font on those login screens? Ooh, I can't wait to play tonight. a rouge, all right? A rouge is like a whole new class, you know? Nobody's tried that before. Okay, uh, also, look at the name of the game. Rise of the Hydro Knight. What, what does that even mean? Like, I, I thought it was knight for a second, like K-N-I-G-H-D. Like the uh, Rise no. of the Water Knights and like water-wielding knight. But no, it's like hydro, like water, and then night. Like, it's not daytime anymore, it's nighttime. So I'm not sure what they're going with. I, I, this really does feel like a like a project for like I don't know. It, it seems like it'd be really cool if it was a project for um like a youngster in in, in high school or something. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the creator's page, Kenneth Wiggins, he's a twenty he's a twenty eight years old from uh from New York. 
So this is this is a thing, guys. This is Rise of the Hydra Knight. I think this is one of the weirdest Kickstarter pages I've I've, I've seen. Well, he's got two backers so far for a hundred bucks. Yeah, his parents, obviously. <laughs> I, I don't see who else is gonna. Like, who, who would give this? Who would give, yeah, honestly, maybe his four-year-old typed this stuff out because that makes a lot more sense. Because if you read the if you read the about page, it just seems like this person has no grasp on how to form coherent sentences. I'm not trying to be mean. It just doesn't make any sense. He just he and he's like we got. He just, it's just awful. Yeah, look, if his four-year-old put this together, I'm impressed. All right, and he he should have put that he's four years old on here, and it'd be interesting. But no, he's it's I don't know. It's just really really odd. It is it is strange, especially this Kickstarter default video he used. He literally fails to log in. I, I don't know if yeah, I, he he mistypes his password the first. Yeah, time. he like fails to log in. Like what? <laughs> There's another Kickstarter too. I, I found this week not nearly as interesting or as humorous as this one, but it's uh it's called Chibera, and it's basically uh one of those blockchain game projects. So they're trying to make an MRPG on the blockchain. On Whatever the that blockchain. Means. And, uh, with music, guys. There's nothing here to show either. There's like literally no gameplay. He just shows you the concept art. So there's not much going on here either. But uh, it's something to do with uh, Steam. If you look at the my favorite, if you go to 136, you can see the list of like features in the game. You know, you got all the all the check marks of blockchain connected auction house. Oh, of course. Land. How else can you do a block? How can auction house in 2019? Of course, it's got AI and deep learning too. Because why not? Like, if you just see like all these, if you see any project with these terms just tossed in without any like coherent use of them, like blockchain, AI, and deep learning, they got no idea what the hell's going on. All right. He's got some client-side transactions. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I love me my MMOs with client-side transactions, boys. <laughs> Vertical integration. That's the next one. That's a good one, too, Canaris. I like that one. Because he had community forums. Now, that is a... Uh, he's delivering on that. Whoa. I, <laughs> look, new at technology. Least, look, he didn't get the blockchain stuff down or the AI deep learning, but he's got he's got one of those free forums on his website. He's got that going for him, right? So good for you, Chibera. And uh, they have a... They have a $10,000 backer level, Altai. That's what we need. We need to get a $10,000. You can be a level 10 Chibera. What, what is going Hold through on. You get lines? a free boar mount? Sign me up. <laughs> okay, pay 10000 bucks, You get a free boar mount. My favorite though on here, though, I think is... um. If you look at the, the $10,000 pledge, it includes one cute permanent in-game whale onesie costume. You get an in-game onesie for, as a whale. <laughs> That's like such a poke. Like if you're retarded enough to back our game, we're going to be calling you a whale by giving you a onesie in the game. All right. I love it. I, favorite, I love that it's a whale onesie too. My favorite part is this timeline. He is very like so Q1 2019 Kickstarter funding and and continued development of Alpha. Okay, so Q1 is when he started the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and by Q3, he says official beta starts for everyone. So open beta f from Kickstarter launch to open beta. Is nine months. <laughs> Listen, it's a boy with a dream. All right, a this, boy this, this, with this, a dream. This, uh, it's so like, I don't know. But fortunately, no one's gonna fall for these anymore. I don't think. I think. Uh, but then again, people will still fund it. Chronicles of Valeria. So I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of these Kickstarter MRPGs are gonna get a lot more funding going forward. I think it's a good thing. I think uh, probably the last few big ones are gonna be Astro Creation and Chronicles of Valeria, unless they deliver. Which I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not hopeful on Chronicles of Valeria really delivering quite a bit of anything. I know, I know a couple weeks ago, Altai linked me a post on the Chronicles of Illyria forum. It was like, is this game real? Like, that doesn't happen on, like, like real games. Like, no one's going to, like, ask. Is Anthem if, real? Is Anthem coming is out? Anthem real? Like, is this game going to happen? Like, people are, like, genuinely ask, like, wait, is, is this game real? Like, you know, is it going to happen? Like, that doesn't happen on real games. So, I don't think we have too many more of these um, big Kickstarter-funded games. And it's clear, like, we're getting a lot of nonsense. Like, this, this blockchain game is, is never going to happen.
it's it's built on some other bullshit coin too called steam it no I, steam I, agree. I think i think the golden days of the kickstarter scam mmo are over i mm-hmm. think the all the suckers got suckered <laughs> okay <laughs> there's no more suckers mm-hmm. left to get suckered that's true so uh that that this whole method of conning people i think is on the way down all right one more amazingly silly story i want to get out of the way before we get the more serious nitty-gritty deep dive analysis of mmorpgs as this podcast is known for right we are the most serious business and most podcasts on the internet but before that langrisser you must have seen ash for this game everywhere, everywhere on your phone everywhere you're right you see it on pornhub you see it on hanime.tv you oh, see that aren't you paying for pornhub now you shouldn't be seeing ads what's going on listen listen <laughs> I am paying for Pornhub, but that, that, that's a story for a different thing. That's, right, a, that's right. a post-game story, all right? Okay. Anyway, Langris and Mobile, advertising everywhere. They launched this feature where people that type in the, the chat box appears in your games. So this is amazing. So if you look at the... This guy's trying to play the game on, on Destructoid, these screenshots. You play the game, and just this text appears on your screen, like by default. So the first thing you'll see in the first picture is Jews did 9-11. What? Uh, sub to Mangs. Like, look at the text floating oh, on your I screen. See it. You, yeah. you're, you're all gay. Like, who thought this was a good idea, by the way? The, down oh with Cheeto Hitler, Prez. Look at these, like, <laughs> li- like imagine you just, like, imagine, like, you're some, some kid trying to play this game, this mobile <laughs> game, right? And, like, you, you're seeing all this nonsense. Don't oh, so, associate with Jews. And, so, like, so it, ex- wait, explain again why it is you're seeing this text. Okay, so the game has a built-in uh, chat box, right, where you can communicate with everyone in the game. A lot of mobile games have it, right? But by default, the, the chat that people type in the world chat appears on your screen. Did, did they pay? Is it like a premium currency? Like, like I, I don't story? think so. I think just a regular chat. So anyone right? can just spam your... Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is dumb. But, but it's remarkable they had this enabled by default. Like, that makes no kind of... Like, typically, like, you'll see this nonsense chat in like any mobile game. If there's a kind of a chat box, right? It's usually moderated, by the way. But if it's not moderated, like, there's a chat box usually. And, and, and the chat is restricted to the chat box. However, in this game, the chat is not restricted to the chat box. It literally goes on top of your screen while you play the game. And, and, <laughs> It's called like the banter feature. You t- you can turn it off if you want to, fortunately. But of course, a lot of anti-Semitism and a lot of uh, fun memes are going to be happening. Wow, I cannot believe they're just dumb. Yeah, I, who thought like it would be a good idea to put this like to let you do this? It's so obvious. The first thing that would happen if you let free chat like this happen is people going to of course say stupid things, and it's going to you know be on people's screens. It, the game yeah, looks nice though. It yeah. does look. It it looks like a Fire Emblem kind of to me. Uh, yes. But I saw these ads like, oh, classic 27-year-old JRPG coming back for mobile. That was mm-hmm. like their shtick. Yeah, it's based on the Langerser franchises. I've actually never heard of it, actually, no, until, uh, until this game came out. Yeah, I've been seeing the ads everywhere for it. But you can see the, the gameplay video for this. It's just it's basically a Fire Emblem Heroes clone. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, Fire Emblem Heroes didn't invent the tactics model, right? So it's more of a tactics game than a Fire Emblem Heroes. But as a mobile game, I think Fire Emblem Heroes is the closest resemblance. So it's still not fair to call it a clone because, again, neither invented the, the tactics genre. But it's supposed to be a tactics game, a lot of heroes, decent art, good music. People that play are saying the production value is decent. I- I've never played this one, so no opinion there. But uh, I think I think it's doing decent. They got a lot of heat on their, on their launch day for like not giving launch rewards or something. But uh, I don't know. Looks interesting. Yeah, I, My, there it is. It's free. Uh, and you can see some anti-Semitism while you play, so why not? <laughs> people are saying big boobs in the, in the chat right there. I, I think if they've, they've fixed it since because it's got okay. a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Like sub to PewDiePie. You know, people's nice, nice memes in the pictures. All right, interesting. Yeah, that's that. That that, that that's the meme stories of the week. We got more more serious stuff. I'll tell you. What do you I, got? Well, I got a little bit of a meme story as well. Actually, I love I, meme I, stories. Let's hear it. All right, let me. Let me okay, so uh, I read a, 
a previously buy to play game went free to play this month, mm-hmm. this week, and that game was a uh, Switchblade. So you're gonna say g- Guardians member because that was also did the exact same thing. Well, I, I I'm more interested in Switchblade here for a minute because all right, so this game I actually tried it with some a friend of mine, and we 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 looked at the trailer. You know, oh my god, it's kind of random stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what this game is basically is it's a MOBA with cars. So you drive these like you know cars with weapons on them. And it's little baby cars that are controlled by the AI, and you kill towers to kill the base. So we tried playing. We did the tutorial, mandatory, by the way. And then we tried to queue for a match, but we couldn't. And then we realized our mistake. This game only has 10 people playing. Total. Oof. The player base is 10, and the all-time peak is 70. Like, and when I, when, I, when I realized that, I kind of felt really bad for the developers. This game came out on August 28th of 2018, and literally nobody knows what is this is. Nobody knows what's going on here. They wasted all that time and money and effort and all for naught. It's going to shut down, I bet, because nobody's playing it. It really is sad, though, because when you have so many games and, like, the discoverability is so low, I mean, clearly, the game doesn't look terrible, but the problem is, like, you know, mediocre games even today, there's no market for mediocre games. You know, it's so hard to make it. It's almost like, uh, I guess, somebody turning on a stream. There's a really good article you linked me, I think, um, a few months ago about the, the, the thousands of people streaming to nobody. You know, there are thousands of streams on Twitch that have literally zero viewers. People are streaming to nobody. And they want to try making it big as streamers. And it's very unfortunate that, like, it ends up being that. Because a lot of those guys, I'm sure some of them are doing some decent content, but it, it never gets seen. So, but the, the good thing about that is it doesn't cost any money to stream. Whereas this studio, I mean, it, it, it's a real product. There's, there's stuff happening. There's a game. You, you did the tutorial with Gumby, yeah, and there was, there was yeah. something there. You, yeah. know, you played a product. There was, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of money and time went into this. And literally no one will ever see it. Even as a free-to-play game, there was 10 players online, counting you. You know what's funny, though? Like, I really believe there could be... Like, I wish they did some kind of product testing. And maybe perhaps we could be some kind of consultant for these guys. If they told me in August of 2018, hey, should we release a MOBA with cars and charge money for it in 2019 or 2018? I'd be like, no. What are you doing? It's going to fail. You know, you, This is a waste of your efforts. Don't do this. Um, and we could have saved them a lot of money, you know. But but the thing is, when you tell somebody that, they're not gonna one, they're not gonna take your advice to heart because I think people, whoever made this game, clearly fell in love with it. You know, I, the person who made this was like passionate about it because it, again, it's not by a big studio that it got okayed by a board, it got okayed by the design panel. No, it was probably one or two guys, you know, and maybe they hired a couple of freelancers to help them with some of the art assets or the programming, and, and they just made it themselves, you know, and they thought like this could be the next cool thing, you know. Yeah, maybe they wouldn't listen. Yeah, we'll. See. But, but anyway. I do think there is there is value in what you said. There should be somebody's got to be able to consult with some of the bigger companies and tell them like this is a bad idea. Don't do this because we do end up getting a lot of you know wasted, wasted effort on a lot of games that never go anywhere. I do. I I really hate this whole early access model that we currently have. So mm-hmm. the shtick now is you pay for early access and then the game is free when it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. It should be the total opposite. It should be free during early access because you're providing valuable. Uh, playtesting. Yeah, but nobody's actually providing any valuable playtesting. No, right? I've just, never provided just the fact, No, it doesn't matter. Just the fact that you're logging in and they can kind of track what you're doing in the game, mm-hmm. right, is something. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't understand this model where you're paying for the shittier version of, of an unfinished game and then the people who wait get the get the full product for free. Like, it is the stupidest, most ass-backward system. And yeah, it's amazing to me that it's still going on. Because it's remarkable because... um. They've monetized the beta phase where people are like they monetize the most hype phase where it's almost seen as like exclusive if you get in early, you know. 
I remember like when we were a lot younger too. Like when we we would always like look forward to new games. And like if you got beta access to a game, whether it was like a beta test for like Battlefield nineteen forty two for us or some other random PC game we were looking forward to, it was it was a big deal, you know? And like you would really look forward to getting it. Like you really wanted to play it, right? I remember even World of Warcraft when, when I was playing when when Wildstar first launched before all the early, all the early access stuff happened. And a beta invite to Wildstar when it first like before it launched was worth four hundred dollars. People were paying four hundred dollars for to get into beta for Wildstar, and there was gonna be a wipe, obviously. And it was very limited beta, so it was so valuable. So companies just took that hype that people were like really looking forward to games and just basically monetized it. And it's, from from a marketing and and from their standpoint, it's genius. They they've convinced countless number of players that pay money for early access but it, it's true what you're doing is literally paying to play a buggy game to beta test the game which which i think uh you know sfl in the chat said really well you pay for testing their crap which yeah. which makes no sense but people are doing it i think eventually the tide will turn against them um they're they're just abusing this too much um because mm-hmm. it's the, I, I remember playing like the beta the closed beta for wow right mm-hmm. and it was pretty much a finished game like it didn't really yeah all right. So in the past, you know, you did do a beta test, like an open beta or a closed beta, like a month before launch, and it was pretty much done, like done deal, game is ready. But now they're doing these early access for like two years, unfinished, and you pay money. I I think they're gonna push it too much. It's gonna be a major pushback. And you know what? This game, I bet one of the reasons it's failed, is because they thought that they could launch as early access and cost money for six months and then go to free to play. I mean, guess what? They failed. They wasted their fucking mm-hmm. time. They wasted our time, and and they failed. And they deserve it. And I hope future games realize this and they don't launch uh, in, in beta and it costs money and then mm-hmm. go free to play when they fail. It's a, it's a ridiculous business model. Makes no kind of sense. Ooh, checkpoint XP. Much appreciated. Rating with... Oh, that's the first time I've really... Have you been rated, right? I don't really yeah, remember seeing that. seeing that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What up, though? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> We have another game that launched free to play this week, but it's not nearly as interesting as that one. Uh, Guardians of Ember was uh, was buy to play for a while. Also, kind of a weird one because uh, have you heard of Guardians of Ember, Altai? Not really, not really. Okay, so it's basically uh, Path of Exile, Diablo three style game, uh, but it costs money. So it's really odd because it's made by by a Taiwanese company called Rune Waker, the same guys that did uh, they're best known for Runes of Magic. So the guys that made Runes of Magic end up making a, a game called Guardians of Ember. It's uh, it launched as a buy to play game for like twenty bucks and. Spoilers, nobody played it. Like, why are you going to spend 20 bucks on a buy to play uh, Diablo 3 when you can play Path of Exile for free? It's like the worst value proposition ever. Like, it made no sense to me. Like, I can see Grim Dawn, you know, it was a very premium, good game, and it's still very successful as a buy to play, you know, isometric ARPG. But Path of Exile, Guardians of Ember was, was just not that. It was no reason to play Guardians of Ember over Grim Dawn or Path of Exile. And of course, it, it flopped as a as a, as a buy to play game. And most interestingly, it was actually published by um, the studio with I think the, the the worst name ever. It was called Incel Games. <laughs> they had a, they it was literally published by Incel Games. Like it, it's almost like a meme. But no, I think since then Incel Games shut down after they got caught for um for buying reviews on Steam. So it was a really funny story we talked about a while ago. Basically, Steam banned them on the platform after. After like leaked emails came out from their CEO emailing their employees like, "Hey, our shitty game only has like ten reviews on Steam. We have like thirty employees. What are you doing? Like, we have thirty employees, but there's only ten reviews for this game on Steam. So once that email came out, I think uh, Steam banned all their games on there. I mean, I really, you know, I shouldn't say anything too bad about Incel Games because they actually advertised on the most.com. I forgot what the game was. Do you remember? It was like oof, it was like the sci-fi game, the sci-fi ARPG style game that was on Steam for a short while. Is it called Mad? 
No, I'm gonna look no. at their website. There. Okay, I I gotta show you this website, guys. This is a very right, bizarre website. I think I think what they did with this website is they uh, use a default layout, a default theme, and mm-hmm. forgot to change it. Really? So it's called Incel Game. Is this the one you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, so their logo is a palm tree with a D-pad as a, on the sun here. <laughs> Welcome to the island. Here we love games. Come play with us. And they're they're advertising the fact that they have two games published, fifteen payment methods. Accepted. This is bullshit. Those numbers were never changed. Sixty-nine hundred foreign posts made. Uh, uh, One million smart ideas. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? That's literally this was that look that light bulb was a default part of this theme on their website that they're using because that means nothing. What what million smart ideas? <laughs> They've had zero smart ideas when they, the first zero ideas when they chose to name their company Incel Games. All right, that, that that's a big no no. It's a dumbass name. And sixty nine hundred form posts is that like a, is that like a joke? Like the guy who made the website is like hey, sixty nine funny number. Okay, we got to put two zeros out there to make the number bigger. But there's no form on this website, so there's no. There's no form post going on over here, which makes no sense. It is a very it's- odd, odd website. Okay, so apparently the games they have World of Fishing and MAD as their games. So somebody in the chat mentioned actually too, uh, Big Buddy Matt. The game was Wild Busters. Wild Busters actually that that was the game that started a big shitstorm for incel games, because Wild Busters they after they gave us like two thousand bucks. So good for them. I love you guys. Appreciate the two thousand dollars. But your game sucked ass. But um, they advertise animals.com. And then they got a lot of shit for uh, telling their employees to vote for the game on Steam. And oh. it was all downhill since then. I'm actually it was also not... weird because of buy-to-play. I actually suspect every company does that. But I mean, they, yes. don't, get, they don't get caught doing it. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. idea that you know, you're know always going to push your employees to leave positive reviews for your game when it, you know, it results in better sales. That f- I feel like that's something you say in person uh, with, your, with your mouth and not an email you send that can be tracked back to you. Yes. That's, you know? that's step one. You never do that. You, like, that's something you have to do in person. It's like asking for bribes. You don't you don't write an email saying, you know, please give me money and I will approve this, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like you're right. I'm sure a lot of small studios do the same thing too. Like they, yeah. they, they, they tell the employees I have no doubt that every single game on Steam, uh, the employees are giving it five stars. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of, it's kind of sad that they got caught for that. They got skewered for that, and all their games got banned on Steam since. Wow! And now it's being now that Guardians member game is being published by um it used to be in Cell Games now it's being published by uh, GameForge I think, so it's free to play now, and I think because it's free to play, uh, it's in closed beta free to play. I think it'll get more a bigger audience. It just never made sense because you if you can't compete like in quality versus Path of Exile, what makes you think you can charge money for that game? People aren't stupid. They're not going to pay money to to play your your jank ass uh, ARPG when they can play. A quality ARPG like Path of Exile entirely for free. It, it is odd. Uh, so is this on Steam now as, as a buy-to-play game? No, I think it's just like the Game Forge official website Game right Forge? now. Because okay. it's still in close beta. I think they got a, they got the full launch yet. But hey, it's free to play, so maybe people will actually play it now. All right, we'll see how it does. All right. We got a we got a spicy story in Belgium. They're trying to ban those oh. loot boxes. Have you heard about that, Altai? Yeah, well, they did ban them, and uh, mm-hmm. I think the news you're going to link about the link is that EA is finally complying mm-hmm. with it. So EA kind of uh, just ignored Belgian regulators and kept saying, you know what, we're going to keep uh, selling our little FIFA loot boxes. Uh, but they they did change their mind and said, wait a minute, we don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's going to have any broader effects on the games industry? I think I think a lot of people have been speculating for a long time that. This process that started in, in the EU, and we've seen, I think, Hawaii and a few other states in America actually push back against the idea of loot boxes. 
and RNG free-to-play mechanics where like you can actually you pay to roll, whether it's gotcha mechanics or loot boxes, they're pushing back and calling that gambling. We I've you know it's I think it's gaining some traction. I do think the the games industry as a whole does face some kind of like threat of regulation on this front. They do. And actually, uh, there's a related story that uh, Epic started mm-hmm. disclosing what actually comes in a loot box before you buy it. For uh, mm-hmm. Fortnite, the original version, the Save the World. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, honestly, I don't even know why they still have loot boxes for that. Because it's just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get why they're even still developing that, trying. But whatever, yeah. either way, so I think they realize that they don't want to get caught out. They don't want a good thing to come to an end with Fortnite. Yeah, they don't want the stupid I mean, save the night doesn't, thing. Doesn't have loot box though. You buying the, the the skins and stuff outright? No, no, no. For the save the world version. Yes, that's that, true. There's loot boxes, and now they just change it to make it so that you know what's in it before you buy it because they don't want that version sinking the cash cow that is the battle royale. Mm-hmm. But I think it's crazy just how much better monetized games are today versus like 20 years ago, and it's actually remarkable how 15, 10, 15 years ago even. When you bought a game, you paid 50, 60 bucks for it, and that was it. There was no other way to make money off that game. The company sold you a product. You got everything for 50, 60 bucks. Now it's when you buy the game or you download the game, that's the start of a long process. And I think you can really measure how effective this is. I think the best way anyone can measure this is if you ask your friends, how much money have you spent in League of Legends? Because that's a game I think most, a lot of people have played, and you know friends that played as well. And they do a pretty good job because I think on, on League of Legends' website, their account management website, you can, there's, a, there's a page that tells you how much money you spent on the game altogether. It adds up all the money you've ever spent on the game. And I've asked my friends that quite a bit. A lot of my friends spent thousands of dollars on League You know, a game that's marketed as free to play. But if you spend like $2,000 on a game, it's a lot of money. That's like a, that's a top-tier gaming PC for one game. You know, $2,000 on a single game was unheard of. You know, if you count all the money you spent on gaming, like before free-to-play games took off, like that $2,000 might pay for like, like 30 of your games. Like you buy 40 full-budget games on that in your console. Now that pays for one game. League of Legends. And two thousand dollars is not even I would say not even on the high end. If you play League for years, it's conceivable they spent three, four, five thousand dollars on League of Legends alone. Now I, I have friends that, you know, they work pretty, you know, simple jobs, ten, fifteen bucks an hour jobs. Uh, they're not doing amazing financially and they've spent, you know, two to three thousand dollars on a single game. My God. Compared to you know, and, and, and this is just the beginning too. Mobile games are getting insanely good at monetizing as well. In fact, I think mobile is going to monetize better than League of Legends ever did. If you look at the numbers for like Fire Emblem Heroes, the, that that uh, Dragalia Lost, a new Nintendo game, the average value of... If you download Dragalia Lost on your phone today, some of you might already have it. If you download that game, on average, everyone who's ever downloaded and installed that game is has spent so far, on average, like $20. Nintendo's made, on average, $20 for every single install of that game. Obviously, some players spend zero. They spend nothing. But that means the people that, don't, that spend money make up for the people that spend nothing, where the average is $20. If that average ever gets like 50, 60 bucks, it's going to be insane. Because a free game is going to monetize better than a full budget six dollar game, where the average ends up being that high. So it, it's absolutely insane how well they're monetizing. Oh, we got a we got a whale right here. I spent fifty two hundred dollars on Epic Seven. That's impressive. I Omar and I both tried that game. Beautiful uh, game. We didn't get too far, but uh... yeah, I, I played like I played like probably two three hours. No, I, I played like five six hours in Epic Seven. Never got too far into it either. But in terms of UI. It's actually the prettiest, like the skill animation, the art. It's actually the best, one of the best looking mobile games I've played. I- I've just never gotten you know, hooked on any mobile game to date, but I played that one probably the most. So the games themselves are getting better. Uh, still, obviously, lacking in some depth, I think. But it's remarkable how well they're monetizing players. I mean, it's not just you, uh, Danger Twelve. He admits he's got a gambling gotcha problem. I think 
what makes gotcha games gotcha waifu games fake brand order dragalia lost epic seven all these games so successful is that they really do tap uh the gambling addiction that is i think inside of all like almost all of us because i i know people that never go to casinos right they don't gamble like the idea of gambling money in a casino is like unheard of for them like younger people especially they don't go to casinos it's almost like it's taboo it's like that's something you're supposed to do, right? You're not supposed to go to a casino. You're not supposed to gamble. It's kind of looked down upon, right? So a lot of young people our age, especially, and younger, they don't gamble in a casino. And because they, they've kind of been brought up never to gamble in a casino, they don't actually get exposed to gambling. However, they get exposed to gambling in a different way, and that's through gacha games and mobile games and loot boxes. And once that takes hold of people, I think it's it's eye-opening. You know, I, I cannot stress enough just my experience running a casino in Final Fantasy XIV where you know, people oh. would bet with me. That's a good point. Yeah, mention. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, tell me this. Tell them the story about you. Tell me about the odds and the competitor. Yeah. So, running a casino in Final Fantasy fourteen today. I mean, we I've ran casinos in in EverQuest, EverQuest two, Dark Age of Camelot, and Final Fantasy fourteen most recently. So the way a player casino works these games is you just type slash random in the game, and when you type slash random, it gives you a random number between zero and a thousand. So I would advertise in in the game. You know, come place your bets at Rimutei's Casino. Um, you know, I'm I'm next to the Aetherite. You can bet anywhere from you know ten thousand gil to ten million gil, and if you roll above a five ninety, I give you double your money. Over nine fifty, I give you triple your money. So I'm advertising my casino. Uh, the casino, of course, is structured to favor me, the house. I have about a, I have about a ten percent house edge, twelve percent actually. So I'm going to win money in the long run, obviously. And running that casino for, for I ran it for months and months and months, probably at least a year. I've had a remarkable insight into how people develop gambling addictions. I mean, it seems like so silly at first, but like there are people. They get so addicted to gambling in Final Fantasy XIV in my player casino. It's actually, I almost feel bad when they gamble because some people, they lose everything they have to me in game. They lose every every gill they have in the game and end up being broke. What's also interesting too is before I get to more details about that, there's 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 another player casino right next to me. We advertise in the same spot. Yeah, he, he ever. Uh, hello, can you guys hear me? Oh, oh, can you repeat that? The, it broke up on my end. So he advertises okay. next to you. So our internet's getting cut off, unfortunately, a little bit. Uh, but all right. So there's a guy advertises right next to me in the casino. Okay. He advertises about at a 17% house edge, and I advertise about 12% house edge. So logically, you know, I figure like I made a big mistake. I assumed could do some basic math in their head, right? Where if they look at the odds of both casinos, they'd play the one with the better odds. But I found that more, just as many people were playing this guy's casino next to me who offered like 50% worse odds. His he had an 18% house edge. Where I had twelve percent house edge, so logically, if you play with me, you win fifty percent more money, or rather, you lose fifty percent less. But he had just as many players as I did. So people, people couldn't run the numbers in their head. But the most remarkable thing about running a casino for years is just to see players get addicted and the, the development process for them when they first start gambling to how they get addicted. I, I had one customer in the game, one gambler who bet ten thousand, my absolute minimum, right? Ten thousand gil in Final Fantasy fourteen is worth nothing, by the way. Ten thousand gil is nothing. One million gil, an RMT website will sell for about a dollar fifty, by the way. At a pretty, at a, the cheapest price you can get on player auctions is dollar fifty for about one million gil. By the way, so this guy would bet ten thousand gil. It's nothing, right? So for like weeks at a time, this guy bets ten thousand. He would walk by me, see my advertisement. He bets ten thousand, and when he loses, he bets twenty thousand. If he loses again, he bets forty thousand. The good old Martin Gill strategy, where every time you lose, you double. So he bet ten thousand. If he loses, he goes to twenty to forty to eight, and he might win eventually, right? At one sixty thousand, he he bets, he wins, he wins you know, his money back in the ten thousand profit, and he stops. So this guy's been playing at my casino for like months, right? Almost weeks or months. And eventually, he gets on a pretty bad losing spree. He only bets 10,000 to start with. My max bet is 10 million. So he's betting 10,000, loses. 20,000, loses. 40,000, loses. 80,000, loses. 
160K, loses. 320K, loses. He gets up to a million, loses. Two million, loses. Four, eight. And he loses. He bets 10 million. He loses as well. Oh, no. He started betting the absolute minimum, and he just kept doubling, thinking he's got this foolproof <laughs> strategy to win in the casino. <laughs> and he hits my max bet, and he, and he lost 10 million. I won 20 million off that guy because remember, I, I won 8 million to 4 million to 2 million as well, plus a 10 million bet at the end. So that's 20 million. 20 million in game is a decent chunk of change. 20 million is worth about 30 US dollars, you know, easily liquidatable on player auctions for about 30 bucks. And I had another player who basically he, he played for about an hour and they lost everything he had. He's like, oh shit, I lost all my gill. How does this happen? He's like, can I borrow like, can, can you just give me like 1K back so I can afford to teleport around? I gave him his 1K back. Oh. And he later messages me like, yo, dude, can I please get my money back? I'm like, uh, no, like that's not the way it works. <laughs> I'm not gonna give your money back, obviously. So eBay.com, like, <laughs> looking bad. So at the end, he he's like, "What if I buy you something in the Mog Station and gift it to you?" I'm like, "Hmm." I said, "Message me on Discord." So he messaged me on Discord because I don't want to talk about RMT in game because I don't want to get banned. He buys me like some ten dollar item in the in the cash shop, and for his first ten dollar item, I give him back. I give I, I give him back five million. He's really happy. Like, I got a really good deal for that, you know, or something. So I got a, I got a, I got a ten dollar item in game from the just this guy back, but it, it's truly remarkable to me just. The addiction that forms. People that start playing with small amounts end up getting addicted because they end up playing for like every time they see me, they'll play. This this one person bet like three million, two million, and then stop. And they, I find out why he stops playing after about twenty minutes. It's not because he's done playing. He just he runs out of money, and he just he goes back to grinding. He'll be farming items to sell in the auction house so he can get more money to play in my casino, and he plays till he loses. This and this story is repeated literally dozens of times. I, I have seen people. That normally don't gamble at all, but they get, they get addicted to my random casino in Final Fantasy XIV. I've had friends in my own my own guild in the game. Like, ah, you know, I'll try this casino. I've never gambled before, but I'll try it out, right? And to see them from going like trying it out to betting like everything they have within a short like couple hours, it, it's remarkable. And this effect is is you know they're using in-game currency, right? A lot of people aren't buying in-game currency from these Chinese gold sellers and using it that way. But when you talk about loot boxes. They developed that addiction for like cash. They're losing like real US dollars. And that adds up very quickly. And the problem is these people have never been exposed to gambling or know how to deal with gambling addiction because they don't gamble in a casino. They, they think they're not gambling when they're buying loot boxes, but they end up gambling and the addiction really takes over them. It, it's just so weird to see the reaction to people that just lose everything. I mean, I made at least, I made about a billion, billion gil in Final Fantasy XIV, which is worth about like $2,000. I mean, it's not, you know, I did, I did it very casually. But two thousand dollars worth of you know in-game currency, playing for fun, uh, running it on my other monitor was interesting to me, and I, I had fun running it as well. So it's a good chunk of change, and to see people devolve and become gambling degenerates, I've seen so many people devolve, become complete gambling addicts in the game. It is a bizarre sunk cost fallacy thing going mm -hmm. on, uh, and I I haven't played Final Fantasy, but Omar and I used to do it, you know casinos in in Ultima Online. And in Ultima Online, unlike Final Fantasy, you could just straight up scam. You, you, you didn't have to pay out for your for mm -hmm. your casinos. So we would scam people. But we knew the minute they bought one, the minute they gambled with us once, we had the mm -hmm. tricks ready to get everything they had. Because once you put that first chip on the table, we know we have you. Okay, And mm -hmm. then from there, with, with social engineering, we can take every last penny you have. Uh, and, and, and in Ultima Online, there was no chance of you winning because there was nothing to win. It was a scam. Mm -hmm. But But... but that kind of is why I was so against these mobile gotcha games from the beginning. And I've been kind of more critical on them than, than the average. 
because I understand the mentality. They give you those free spins like in, in this game. That's any child I'm playing. You get that one free summon a day. They give you the free crystals every day. You can do like one free summon every two or three days if you get all the crystals. Because they know that if, you, if the second you don't get what you want to get, when they release that new hero and it runs out in like six days, people are going to spend money. They, they just have this compulsion to get what they were promised. No, I think, I think Master SG asked a good question. I mean, these people don't realize they're addicted, obviously. Can you tell us how to identify the emotional state that triggers addiction? I think it's really when you first place a bet for the first time you're gambling, whether it's in a casino, in a video game, in a loot box. If you win on that first bet, I think it's really bad for your mental health. Because if you realize, hey, I, I made a $10 bet at the craps table, or I, I won I won a million gil in Final Fantasy XIV in literally two seconds, typing slash random and I won one million, where normally to get maybe two, three million gil in Final Fantasy XIV would take eight hours of grinding. And I got that in literally like four seconds. Whoa. That that like the dopamine in their brain goes on overload. It's like, holy, this, this reward for this little bit of time it really screws nothing with your brain chemistry, whether it's at the craps table or a loot box or in-game gambling, that reward mechanism just goes on overdrive. And, and all of a sudden you can't control it. And you want to get that reward mechanism right away again for another two seconds of work. So uh, clearly you, you would think that you can look at this rationally and be like, I got lucky, but that's not the case. People clearly cannot take a step back and look at this. I think that's the people that win. Like I, when somebody, when a new player comes to me who have never gambled in my casino before, and he bets like 3 million, 4 million, I pray he wins. Let him win the first few. I, I want this guy to win. And I, I always cheer them on in game too because I know if they win, they're going to come back and they're going to lose it all. I think my, my, my best story, my most interesting story is in the from one customer won 120 million gil off me in, in the span of like two hours and like some amazing string of luck, right? It happens, right? He won 120 million, which in, the, in US dollar terms is comfortably worth, you know, maybe like $300. Not bad for like an hour of you know, slash randoming in game, right? He's like, thanks, you know, I'm done. I'm never going to gamble again. You know, easy money. And he left. I'm like, this, this guy's going to gamble again. <laughs> Literally the next morning. So this was at nighttime, like 10 p.m. my time. He stopped. Literally the moment he woke up the next day, he was waiting for me to log in. He messaged me, hey, you online? You're in a casino, bro? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in Limsa. I'll meet you there. The moment I log in, he meets me there and he's gambling again. Dude, this guy won $120 million. What is he gambling for? First of all, there's nothing in Final Fantasy XIV that even costs that much money. Like $120 million would buy you anything in the game anyway. So he clearly didn't even need the money. Because at that point, you have so much money that you can't buy anything with. But this guy wanted to gamble. And he literally lost all $120 million in the span of like two hours. And he lost another $50 million on top of that. Oh, so no. he lost $170 million at the end. So he lost $50 million at the end, net $50 million, after he was up 50, $120 million, Which makes no sense because you can buy everything. You don't need to gamble anymore at that point. You, you have all the money you need. And it was really, really bizarre. At a certain point, he's like, uh, like can I bet my house? Like He has a house in the game. He wanted to bet that. Like it, was, it was worth $30 million. I, I kind of wanted it, but like, if you own a house, I already have a free company house. So I, I, I didn't even want a personal house because if you have a personal house, you need to log in every like 30 days to make sure it stays there. I, I told him if you sell it, you can gamble, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't want the house. So he started spamming in the chat. Like, he, he's, average, he's trying to sell his house now to, to fuel his gambling addiction. No joke. It's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> you made so this guy. <laughs> it really made me think like, dude, this, this, this is addiction. That, that, that was addiction right then and there. It was so obvious there was something wrong. But like, I'm not really doing anything wrong. You're allowed to do this in the game. Like, I, and, and thankfully, this guy is, hopefully, he will learn a lesson that he wasted a lot of time in the game. And he's using in-game currency, which it, it has real-life value, but not a lot. I mean, he lost like like $300 worth of US dollars. But he probably got that in-game, earning it himself in RMT. I don't know. But, you know, it, it's really, I mean, some players, for the most part, maybe like of the, I ran this for about a year. And of all the players that have gambled with me, 
I, maybe, maybe five players ever have walked away with profit and then never came back again. Maybe five players. Everyone else became regulars and they're all just digging deeper in the hole. Like at a certain point, you never get out. You will never dig yourself out. But there's there are people that sometimes bet big amounts they won and they never came back. So they walked away with money and good for them. But most players just keep digging themselves deeper and, and deeper into the hole. I think at one point actually the math was so bad where this guy uh he lost like 70 million to me. And actually this 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 trade is actually in the my Twitch VODs on MOS.com. I was streaming when this happened. He lost 70 million to me and he goes, Fuck this. I'm gonna run my own casino. So I'm like, all right, you know, dude, you, you do what you gotta do, right? You do what you gotta do. So he starts advertising his own casino right next to me. But this 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 poor this poor sap, he he cannot run basic math. So his casino ends up being advantageous for the player. Where where my casino has a 12% house edge, his casino ended up having a 14% player advantage. So he was paying like he so he did like okay, if slash random, if you roll over uh five hundred fifty. You win double your money, which obviously is a play, uh, house edge right there. But if you roll over 800, you win triple your money. Wait a minute. If you win triple your money over 800, but double your money over 550, you only lose on 550 numbers and you win on you win on 450 numbers. But the winning on 800 plus is times three, which brings you to basically winning on everything above 450, which is a pretty huge player advantage. So I'm like, dude, are you sure you want to run those odds? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm like, okay, can I play? He's like, yeah, of course you can play. So I give him like 5 million. It was a max bet. And... I roll, I lost. Like, oh, damn, I lost. I'll try again. I've been on the 5 million. I, I'm, I'm max betting him every time. And I win, he pays me. And then for, for about 30 minutes, we start playing with me max betting every single time. And every time I lose, like, ah, oh, shucks. I'll, I'll get the next one. Eventually, he runs out of money completely. He's like, oh, I can't afford to pay you anymore. So you can't bet anymore. I'm like, all right, it was a good run. You, know, you got really unlucky, I'm sure. You know, Maybe next time you make some money. <laughs> this is, I had this random guy playing in one of my Twitch VODs too. So this guy just could not run the math. I don't get it. Well, I think that's a big problem right there, math. Math, yeah. People don't know math. People don't know math. If people knew math, they would at least play my casino over the over some other guy's casino who's charging twenty percent no, house. They wouldn't play casinos, period. If they knew I mean, math, no, I think most people realize that, well, that the casino has an advantage. Most, I think most of my people, most people that gambled, I don't think I deceived them in any way. They fell to their own addiction, but I don't think I ever. Deceived you didn't them. deceive them. They were. They just don't know what's going on with numbers. That, that, to begin that, with. Yes, definitely, definitely, yes. Their, their, their number game is clearly so, very weak. Uh, so I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Okay, so you're, you said your your casino has a 12% house edge, right? Yes, I had about 12% house edge. Imagine your house edge was 15% or 20%. Do you think anyone nothing would even... Would nope. nothing, nobody... Hits the thing. People wouldn't even notice. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they, they generally would not notice. People cannot run the math on those to figure out what the odds are. So the fact that I had a 12% house edge... In fact, I would advertise in my, slash, in my macro that would slash shout in Limsa, best odds... In Eorzea, which is what the world of Final Fantasy XIV is called, I would advertise I have the best odds, which I actually did have the best odds, right? I had twelve percent house edge. Where all my, I had two other competitors. One was eighteen, one was like sixteen. I had by far the best odds. Fifty percent difference between twelve percent and eighteen percent. That's that's huge. And the remarkable part is, my both my competitors would also advertise best odds in Eorzea, and they're just fucking lying. They had they had the worst odds, and they're advertising the best odds, and people can't do the math, and they play on. We have, we 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 split the customers evenly, you know. We, we all got our you know slice of the pie. But I feel like I, 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 I basically conned myself by offering better odds to the player. When I could have I could have I could have charged twenty percent house edge and made just I would have made more money. Yeah, you could have said you could have charged twenty percent and said best odds. <laughs> yeah, just like these guys did. They're, they're just lying. Oh my god. So it, it, it's it's quite well, quite quite the meme. As as Lord PT Barnum once said, there's a sucker born every minute. And and that moment I realized like how effective microtransaction loot boxes really are. 
until I personally witnessed it in Final Fantasy XIV, because we, we ran casinos in EverQuest as well, but in Ultima, in Ultima Line, again, you were allowed to scam. So we, we, we scanned in Ultima Line when we were like 12, right? But in Final Fantasy XIV, you can't scam. If you, if you scam once, you get banned. So at no point did we even think about scamming Final Fantasy XIV. So once I ran a legit casino for, for a long period of time, I really understood the, the addiction. And I've had people in my free company too that don't gamble, that, be, that became addicts, that would never step foot in a real casino. But they clearly are susceptible to uh, the RNG mechanics of the game. RNG has a really weird impact on the human brain, I think. And the reward mechanisms for that has been perfected in, in a lot of you know, mobile games, in a lot of loot boxes. Even like in, in Overwatch, even when, when the, the way that loot box shakes before it opens, the way the colors fly out, that's all like, I'm sure Activision Blizzard has you know, psychologists on staff to see what gets the most like response from the brain. Like they, they chose those colors very deliberately. The way that loot box shakes, the way the, in, in, in FIFA Ultimate Team, the way like those cards pop out of those packs, you know, the way the Golden Ronaldo looks, all that shit is, you know, mapped out. I think we definitely need regulation here. It's um, you you cannot expect any one company to self-regulate because then they're missing out on all the money. But yeah. if the, if the government bans this practice, they can all go back to making good games and competing on the good game frontier rather than this kind of microtransaction frontier. Mm-hmm. So it's the monetization is getting out of control. I mean, even um, like I think. That the, the thing is, what's remarkable too, some mobile games, they don't have RNG and they still do really well. Too. I think the only, like, Fortnite, most there's of, no RNG, or the Battle Royale. It's, yeah, that, that's a much fairer model. And I, it makes I like the, the most Fortnite game, model. the most money. Yeah, because it's so immensely so, popular. So right? we cannot, I think Fortnite proves that these game companies, like EA or whatever, they cannot tell us that this is the only way to make money. Because that's true. That's the true. one game that's killing their entire, you know, that's, that's ruling, dominating everything, doesn't do this. Mm hmm. I think Overwatch is very generous to their loot box too, but I think there, there's still a fundamental issue almost when like you have a, des- a team of designers that are just designing the loot box graphics to really just get you psychologically addicted. You know, like everything is there to determine the RNG mechanics to, to, to juice the same parts of your brain that get activated with, with, with you know, form of gambling. But uh, yeah, Fortnite does it really well. We've seen a lot of those mobile strategy games that I think are awful and they're completely pay to win, but they monetize really well. As I mean, what What gets people addicted to those pay-to-win mobile strategy games because that, that's a different part of the brain i think because it's not it's not like rng because those games don't have rng you're buying power outright and resources outright in whether it's you know final Fantasy 15 new empire game of war you know mobile strike those games i'm curious the psychological profile the people that end up falling for those because i don't think it's the same kind of person that falls for gambling because gotcha gaming whether it's fgo epic 7 there's clearly gambling mechanics in those loot boxes and the gotcha systems but what gets you addicted to those other games? I'm not quite sure yet, but they got something figured out there too. That's true. Sunken cost makes a lot of sense too, because if yeah. you if you spent thousands, if you spent all this time, hours and hours on your base, and it gets threatened, you could spend maybe a hundred dollars to defend it, you know, and then maybe next time you'd spend five hundred dollars to defend it, and then so forth. I I think it's a lot of sunken cost too, because people feel if they start losing, nobody they can't accept the loss and walk away either. They say, okay, let me take my money back, and then I'll stop. Yes, they yes, value the money they lost more than its actual value. So if you lost $10, you lost $10. You shouldn't spend $50 chasing that $10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I'm looking at our... Um, what's remarkable is the most successful game on MMOs.com, by the way. It's, you know, this, this, this is still a really interesting story. Um, the, most, the, like, the most profitable thing we've ever done on MMOs.com, I mean, this is probably surprised a lot of you. It's a, there's a game called um, Vikings. I'm going to link you our page for this. Heroes so of Nord that. or something? No, uh, War of Clans. So War I li- Clans. show that on stream. The most successful game and the most profitable part of running MMOs.com for us, single like game, 
our single advertiser is this game, Vikings War of Clans. It's a mobile strategy, mobile and browser strategy game. So what happens is it's it's just like Game of War. You build a base, you can buy resources, you fight other people. That same nonsense that we've seen countless times. If you hit the big old play now button we got there, or any of those Google Play buttons, you go to the game page, but with our link. So fifty percent of the money you spend on this game, mmos.com gets as our commish, our, our dosh, our cash money. So we get fifty percent of all the spending that people make on this game. And you know, when I, when, I, when I signed up for this, I'm like, hey, maybe somebody will sign up for this game, spend some money. You know, we get some money from Mos.com. You know, it's nice because the advertising rates themselves aren't very high. So if you see a banner on Mos.com, we make like nothing on it. You know, like the actual banner ads make like twenty bucks a day, maybe or less. Very little bit of money on, on the actual ads themselves. But if we get if we get, if we get our commission from sending players to Vikings War of Clans, so they find this game on Mos.com on their own. It's like we, we don't run banners for this; they just find it. And if they, if they click on that link, we get fifty percent. And I'm looking at the revenue we've made from that game from my because I have a back end from them where you can see how much money use you know people have spent. You know, people have spent in the last year, last two years, altogether we made they spent forty thousand five hundred dollars on that game. Forty thousand five hundred dollars. So of course we get half of that. So we've made twenty thousand two hundred and eighty six dollars from our share of Viking <laughs> War of Clans. I never thought that, you know, but maybe maybe like when Black Desert Online launches, you know, they're gonna make a big advertising campaign on Mos.com. Yeah. Black Desert advertised with us. They spent like two thousand dollars. Two thousand—that's it for Black Desert. And then maybe another game launched. They spent a thousand dollars. But no, off one obscure mobile and browser game, they spent forty thousand dollars. It's insane. And what's remarkable is most of the money—half the money—came from probably one or two users. You know, big whales. So it's it's absolutely nuts. Also, what's interesting too is uh, we sent them um, a total of. Looks like 2,281 registrations, right? We gave them 2,280 signups. And of those signups, only 3% ever spent money. Only 3%. So 79 people spent even a penny on that game, right? But the thing is, those 79 players end up spending $40,000. <laughs> and those 79, on average, the 79 players, the average revenue per paying user is $520. So that, that means if, if you spent one penny, one penny on Vikings War of Clans, Statistically, you actually spend you end, you end up spending over five hundred dollars. The average spend per paying user is over five hundred dollars, which is insane. Who's got this kind of money to spend on this shit? And the best part is, th- this is the same game as a thousand others. It's just like a reskin, yes. like Clash of Clans, Game of War. They all do this. It's a pure reskin. It's utterly there's nothing special here. The game is trash. It's pay to win, and there's a reskin. There's nothing special. Like why would you even play this game? Look, we made twenty thousand dollars off these guys. Don't play this game; it sucks ass. But but but, wanna... but but if you want to try it, guys, here's a link. Yeah, if you want to try it, there you go. Click that link. I'll tell you sent you right. But I I really, I if you want to play a mobile pay to win game, there are better ones. You know, go play the go play Clash of Clans. It's better. It's still pay to win, but it's better. I think the reason people go hard on them is what Chaos said earlier. It's it's sunk cost. So if you end up playing one of these games for fun, and you know you end up uh, you spend like three hours on it, and then you're based under attack by another player, and if you don't like defend your base, you lose. If you know the resources or the units in the game to defend, and you're gonna lose the battle, your base gets conquered. So you can, or you could just spend like twenty bucks and train some units really fast to defend your base. Maybe, maybe you know, get more resources instantly. And that option is very tempting when you've already spent time in the game. They monetize your sunk cost really well. Clash Royale is a is a is a good one. Yeah, I'll buy I, I like Clash Royale. Yeah. Royale is actually one of my favorite mobile games. It's one of the only ones I've actually played for a long time as well. The beauty about it, Clash Royale is in the tournament mode, right? The competitive mode, tournament. Not, not I should say it's free. It's free. It, it's, uh, fair, I, it's fair. It's fair. All the units are set level. So regardless of whether you have upgraded your unit or not, it's a set level. So 
It's, it's, it's always a fair match. But after all these years, guys, Vikings War of Clans is the most profitable game page on MMOs.com. And what's, what's even more telling, it goes back to our casino story, is if you click on the, the company Plarium that makes this game, it's called Plarium Global, the Israeli gaming company, right? They were literally bought by a company called Aristocrat, Aristocrat, Aristocrat which is, they make slot machines. Some Australian company that makes slot machines bought Plarium. The, game, the company that makes this Vikings War of Clans is owned by a literal slot machine manufacturer. And they make the software as well, obviously. So I, I, it's a, gam- a gambling company ended up buying this mobile strategy game. I mean, that shows you the the business models are mm-hmm. pretty f- closely related. I, but then there's still no RNG or gotcha mechanics in these games, as far as I'm aware of. So they they monetize the desperation and the sunk cost. Indeed. But you know, it's it's odd. I mean, I, I, I you'll never see me making a video saying go play Vikings War of Clans, a great game. It's a shit game. Since the moment we covered this game, I said it was shit many times. But you know. I'm going to put the link on MMOs.com because if I don't put my link there, I get nothing. I'm still going to have the, the page is going to be on MMOs.com regardless. I might as well put my, you know, affiliate link on there and get 50% commission. Now, I'm never going to praise a game that's ass. I'm still going to say it's ass, but if they're going to click into it and play it, we're going to get our commission. Listen, guys, don't lock it till you try it. Just give it a try. You don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll get addicted, all right? Hey, kid. <laughs> Want some Vikings? <laughs> Actually, another interesting story. We have a friend that works in... um. The online advertising world, right? So he runs an advertising um, like agency, where a publishing agency, where basically he works with advertisers, and he puts their ads on like other websites. So you might work with sites like Amazon.com. We don't work with him, but basically, uh, he talked to me about one of his clients, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A New Empire. So if you show that game off in the background, it's basically the same exact game as this this game, right? So the way he get the way his what his company will do is um his company gets fifty bucks if they can send a user to this game that plays the game. So they till they get like a hundred thousand power in game, which is like a, it takes about like a couple of days, like probably a week or so, half a week to unlock in the game. So they'll work with game companies or game websites, MMOs.com. They'll work with a lot of um, they'll work with like a lot of free to play games of like you can unlock premium currency in game if you play other mobile games, right? If if you played any mobile game, you've probably seen a similar system to that. So basically, Final Fantasy four fifteen, a new empire, is willing to pay fifty dollars for you to download their free game and play for a couple of days. And they and they ran the numbers where on average, if they pay you fifty, if they pay you know, if they they'll spend fifty dollars to get you to play the game, and they figure that they're going to make a return on that investment. They would spend fifty dollars to get you to download the game for free and play it for a couple, you know, for like a week, and that returns a good. It's a good return on investment for them. So it's crazy they wouldn't pay fifty bucks for a single user, even yeah. though that user may not spend a penny. So the way they track yes, it you, is, you, you, yeah, yes, even you don't pay as long as you play the game. You gotta get to, you reach a certain level or power level, whatever it is. Yeah, in the game, you reach a certain power level in the game. Because they they figure their addiction algorithm is good enough that even if you go into it with no intention to actually pay, yes, exactly, uh, and you're only playing it because they're gonna pay you to play it. There, that is insidious. I mean, think about it. They ran the numbers and said, listen, even if, if even a guy who says he has no intention of paying and he's doing it just for the money, we yeah. are so confident in the addiction level of our product. That yeah. we will get this guy, we will get our fifty dollars back, and then some. I mean, the the somebody mentioned they gave farm that with bots, but you can't because well, you can obviously try, but it's the the publisher, which made for my friend's advertising company, would be the one that's trying to do you know, would do the anti fraud, right? Mm-hmm. And they would have to prove the numbers too, because they 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 have their own anti fraud detection too. But I actually did one of these uh, for fun. There's a mobile game I played called uh, Bang Dream. It's a uh, it's a it's a rhythm dancing game with cute like Japanese idols. Very good, very very one of the best mobile one of the best rhythm games I've ever played, right? 
So in that rhythm game, you get premium currency. They give you like 25 bucks for the premium currency if you play Final Fantasy 15 A New Empire as one of the one of the offers to get free currency in the game. So I downloaded the game and I played it with no intention of paying money, obviously. So I played it for like a I, I, I had a lesser version because only 25 bucks. I played it for one day. I got my my 50 my, my 10k power level in the game, and then I got my 25 bucks in uh in in Bang Dream. So I played the and, and they they offer this to everyone. And obviously, some players get addicted, and they figure it's still worth it for them. Uh, Lord Foe said, I have the most legendary conviction that no shady, J-funded game company could get me to fold. Uh, don't you don't know, trust that, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will, you'll learn over time that you know, you're not different than other people. These companies know what they're doing with this stuff. Uh, there's so many times. I live in Vegas, too, with Omar. And there's so many times where, like, they give you, like, $10 coupon if you sign up for the player's card at the casino, right? And then we think we're being smart by taking advantage of the $10 promotion. But we end up losing more. Like, we lose, like, $100 that day playing the casino games. I mean, we're not too addicted to casinos, thankfully. But they, they always get their money back from us. You know, there's no free lunch here. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And all these games are the exact same. And I, I, I would say I'm well above average in terms of resisting the pain, pay, uh, spending money, but I'm not going to even say I'm immune to it. I mean, I've only spent like 20 bucks in League of Legends the last like eight years. I'm like nothing. I don't spend any money on mobile games. I've never spent a penny on Clash Royale, the only mobile game I've played a good amount of. And I, I don't buy optional items in like Final Fantasy uh, 14, but I'm not immune to it either. Once they figure out like the best way to do it, like the right, if they can flash the colors in the right way on your screen with the right waifu, with the right lolly waifu, you know, you never know. The wallet might open. You know, the wallet might open. As, as AI gets better, they're, they're going to find better ways to convert people into paying members. And maybe the, you as a user will be, something else will work on you. So maybe it'll study your habits when you play the game and present you like different ways to monetize. Like it'll give you different offers than other people, different ways to sell you on it, you know? For me, obviously, I see the nice cute uh, lolly waifus. For all thought, he'll see uh, something else. All right. mm-hmm. uh, well, there's a quick story we can cover real quick. Um, RuneScape is for sale again. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years back, a Chinese company bought it. Um, but after some renaming and shuffling, uh, they don't want they don't want it anymore, and uh, it's for sale now. So who do you think Amart was going to end up owning Jagex? Going to be uh, I'm going to say it's going to be Tencent probably. Oh, it's always Tencent is my default option for almost all the gaming acquisitions. They're the biggest game company. They got a lot of they got a lot of dough, and I think. This, this this Chinese company bought Jagex in 2016, I think, for 300 million dollars. And since then, RuneScape is doing better than ever. It's got an all-time high in monthly active, monthly active users and revenue and profit. So I think it's going to sell for quite a bit more than what they bought it for. It could easily sell for double or maybe even more. So we'll see what they what they go for. That's my guess too. Tencent. I think Tencent should be the one who buys it, but uh, who knows? Valve. That would be interesting. I'm this. I mean, RuneScape is, a, is, a, is I would say RuneScape is one of the few like premier. And more RPGs that's really lasted and survived all this time. I think, I, I mean, it could be Valve actually. I think Valve is an interesting, interesting bet. We have a lot of followers who play RuneScape, you know, regularly, but I still think it's kind of underplayed how how big it is. Um, it's got a million paid users, right? I think so. mm-hmm. It's insane. Uh, I, I, I think it might be number two in America after WoW. Like I, I know there's a on the Reddit MRPG subreddit. There was some uh, arguing on what, what game is bigger after a while. So is it Final Fantasy, ESO, or RuneScape? RuneScape is bigger than all of them, I say. Yeah, I think so too, actually. 
Yeah, Jagged RuneScape has been a slow grower for all this time. You know, like the, the most successful games they grow over time. You know, RuneScape is their all-time peak, and they're still steadily adding new users. They're doing a great job. Like they're pretty universally liked. I think it would it could fit well with Valve. I don't I don't think it'll be Valve. Uh, it could be. Yeah. So yeah, RuneScape's got one million subscribers. That is that is a huge number. RuneScape's probably the only growing MO in the West. Maybe Chaos Shield. I'm sure there's some Chinese games that are still popping. You know, Dungeon Fighter Online is still booming as well. And also, Dungeon Fighter Online is making more money today than ever before. But Western games, there really aren't that many. I mean, Final Fantasy XIV actually reports their last expansion. Uh, but, you know, the last expansion, Square Enix said the game had the highest ever subscribers like in their history. It's obviously dipped since then because there's been no update, no expansion since then. But I think when Final Fantasy XIV's Shadowbringers launches, it'll have all time peak once again. So it's one of the only growing. Western and more RPGs. <laughs> All right, I found I found a bad article there. That's true. Let me find a newer article. Nice one, Altai. There is a newer one as well. I think we might have one on Mos.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. There's one at GameIndustry.biz is from September 7, 2018. But there's there's even a newer one. And we got an email about their uh their record monthly active users and their record profits. All right, so that was that was 2007, but uh, 2018 was their best year in history, and this is mm-hmm. and this is much newer, guys. So, here's the article. Nice one, Altai. Why did they come up on Google? Why did they even suggest me a 2007 article? I just yeah, I don't know. Google, Google was a little little iffy there. More than five million installs, you know, old school RuneScape on iOS. All time high paying members. All time high monthly active users. More than 100 new hires at Jagex. Hmm. Yeah, it's on mobile now, and uh, it's cross-platform, which I think is the is the way to do mobile, like Fortnite did. Now, give all you know, you can hate on Fortnite all you want, but they actually did the the cross-platform well. Right. Uh, we should go to the we should go to the post game. Okay, we'll go to the post game now, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to the rants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, stick Thanks around, for watching, guys. Twitch. Thanks for watching YouTube.